0: Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Hello, my name is Father David Nix. Not sure if uh, everybody can hear me, but I want to talk today about Gideon's 300 men. Now, we're just a couple days after the election. It's obvious the good guys are outnumbered. Not in votes, but in standing up against the bullies. Gideon's 300 men in Judges chapter 7 shows us a lot that I think we need to go forward with. Now, in Judges chapter 7, Israel was going to war with the Midianites. Let me check real quick to see if anybody can hear me. Okay, good. There's some people who uh, are watching live. So Israel's going to war with the Midianites. And in Judges chapter 7, the Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Okay. And then God shaves down that army from 10,000 to 300 at the river. And we'll skip those verses, but then we'll see in Judges 7. Read that in a second. Okay, so let's continue what happens there. This is a direct quote then from Judges 7. Quote, then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their left hands the torches, and in their right hands the trumpets to blow, and they cried out, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. So let's see a few things about how God prepares men for battle. Now, a quick note of Benny as I get into this. I'm sure, a lot of you know I'm pro-Crusades. I'm sure, a lot of you know I'm pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun. However, everything I'm gonna say here has actually nothing to do with taking up arms, even guarding your guns, storming the white. None of this has anything actually to do with weapons. Uh, hard totalitarianism first stole people's weapons, Soft totalitarianism is going to take your consciences, and this is actually a lot harder to defend than your guns. So this isn't a go-get-your-guns talk. It's a harder topic than that. But I do want you to see a few things about how God prepares men for battle in their consciences too. So four things to learn from Judges 7. First, God lets the whiners go home. Number one, God lets the whiners go home. God says in Judges 7, Quote, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gidead, Gilead. End quote. That's verse three. Look, there's a lot of people out there who voted for life and against trafficking and against socialism on or before Election Day a few days ago, November 3rd, 2020. But now there's conservatives all over the United States who are unwilling to fight illegal ballot harvesting because it would be embarrassing because we're outnumbered or the mainstream media is not looking at like it or not showing it. People are going to say we're conspiracy theorists, even though there's mountains and mountains of evidence of cheating. Let's continue into Judges 7. What else can we learn from how God chooses men too? God tests men. That's his prer- prerogative. Number two, God tests men. Judges seven four says, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. I didn't read it, but there was a whole interesting thing about people lapping up water like dogs, but I wasn't going to read it today because we have to keep going. The point is this. God can test us, but we are prohibited from testing him. He is sifting out right now who he is choosing to defend this Republic of the United States and traditional Catholicism in something. I'm so sick of this word unprecedented, but I'm going to say it unprecedented in the history of the Catholic church and the history of the United States. And as he sifts it out, it's very few that stand with me and I don't care because God's going to win. Number three, when you're easily outnumbered or sorry, number three, when you're really outnumbered, only God can win this. And he purposely shows in judges chapter seven, quote, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. That was verse 2. And remember elsewhere in the Bible, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. That's First Samuel fourteen sixteen. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And the fourth thing to remember from Judges chapter 7 is God will cause confusion on our enemies if, if we stay faithful and courageous. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army, Judges 7.22. Let me see if people can still hear me or if I've been like X'd out by uh, by everybody. Okay, or um, looks like people can still hear me. I'm just waiting to get booted from all these different uh, mediums. So I want to read you two like reply tweets that people sent me today. One came from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC as she's called. This is a direct quote: quote, Is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability. I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, photos in the future. And then Robert Reich, also a blue check mark, says. When this nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission. It would erase Trump's lies. Comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness and name every official, politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. Now, this isn't to drum up hatred against AOC. We're not going to win against hatred with more hatred. As I said earlier, this isn't to take up arms... I'm I'm telling you guys this so you can protect your consciences in what's coming. Now, what do those two tweets sound like? I got these two quotes from the History Channel, and I'm telling you the History Channel so you don't think I'm just pulling from conservative sources because it's by no means a conservative website. Quote, during the purges, and this is talking about the great purge under Stalin where they tried to erase their history. Quote, during the purges, many of Stalin's enemies simply vanished from their homes Others were executed in public after show trials, and since Stalin knew the value of photographs in both the historical record and his use of mass media to influence the Soviet Union, they often disappeared from photos too. Stalin did the same with scores of party officials who had been photographed next to him at various events. Sometimes official censors had to retouch photos over and over again at the list of the political enemies grew longer. In one photograph, Stalin is shown with a group of three of his deputies as each deputy fell out of his favor, they were snipped out of the photo until only Stalin remained, end quote. So if you just Google History Channel, Stalin Great Purge, you can see a picture of that. So what do AOC's tweets have to do with conservatives who voted for Trump and are now running for their lives? Even those conservatives who are convinced there is illegal activity on ballot, ballot harvesting, The good men who have to consider self-preservation of their jobs and families, the good men who voted for Trump, who are now unwilling to look at the ballot harvesting, all the cheating and everything like that. The answer for you is in Judges 7. God doesn't need you. He's going to win without you. Even if it means we lose the country and have to win it later, God doesn't need you. But what do AOC's tweets have to do with you and Stalin? You're already caught if you've been pro-Trump. You're still going to have to pay the piper. They're going to come for you anyway. Now, I know there's going to be comments. Father Nix is paranoid, conspiracy theory. He says they're going to come for you. You know what? You people who are mocking me saying, oh, they're going to come for you. You're the same people that when we get put on gulag trains are going to wring your hands and say, well, they deserved it. They deserved it for supporting that dictator. We know you want us dead. You you and the left, you really want us dead. So I don't propose guns or a crusade. This isn't a go get your guns talk. It's a go get your conscience talk. Because in soft totalitarianism, it's much harder to keep your conscience than your guns. So, my message to you today is this do the right thing regardless of consequences. Standing by your president, even if everyone else turns on him, especially if you're convinced by the overwhelming evidence this was a totally jacked election, stand by the Catholic Church's traditional teachings no matter what you hear from the Vatican today. Because if you stick with the Bible, the popes, church fathers you are sticking with divine you are sticking with divine revelation which comes directly from jesus christ and the last thing we can learn about the 2020 election from judges chapter 7 is this god is going to win with fewer many if he has preordained it to be so remember number 4 above god will cause confusion on our enemies if 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 we stay faithful and courageous when they blew the 300 trumpets the Lord set the enemy's swords against his comrades and against the whole army. So God can cause confusion in the media and the ballot harvesters, not only if we pray and fast, which we must do, but also we have to stay faithful and courageous for God to confuse our enemies. So it really comes down to this. What are you going to tell your grandkids in 50 years when a few men will will say, that they stood against the totalitarian takeover of our country. And it was the first time in world history that a small group of men staved off a communist takeover. I don't know of any other time that's happened. I'm sure, people can put in the comments sometimes it's happened, but I don't know of any. Yeah, there's a lot of people who voted for Trump. I'm convinced there's more people who voted for Trump than Biden. But how many are you going to say we stood against a totalitarian totalitarian takeover a fake election? Are you going to say, hey, hey I stayed strong till November 3rd, but... You know that night I saw I was going to get tough, so I quit after that. Or are you going to quote Jonathan in First Samuel and say, "Yes, it is true. It may be, but the it may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few." And I was one of the few. We'll finish the divine praises. Blessed be the great Mother of God, Mary, most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, virgin and mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints.